0: You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Okay, so uh, two weeks ago, uh, we talked about the first gifting, but before that, just and this will probably be in every one of these lessons. This is just truth that is true for every single one of the spiritual gifts. There is absolutely no room for argument, no room for disagreement. Like, this is it. Like, you have to, we have to be here. And there's plenty, of, there's always room for argument, right? Um, someone will find a way. But the simple fact that applies to all the gifts of the Spirit is that He, the Spirit of God, is the source, period. That's undeniable. They're called the gifts of the Spirit. right? They're spiritual gifts. It is impossible to operate in these giftings without the Holy Spirit. Uh, he is the seal of authenticity and authority. The display of the gifts will always look like the heart of the Father. It will always reflect His nature. If it ever contradicts His nature, it is demonic and it is, it is not of the Lord. Um, No gifts are meant to elevate any one person, but rather the body of Christ as a whole. It is always for the betterment and the elevation from glory to glory for the body of Christ. It is not to elevate just a singular person. And and, and what I mean by that is a singular person boasting in the gift, right? That's not what it is. That's not what it's meant to be, uh, how it's meant to be done. Even Jesus, when operating in miracles, at the beginning of his miracles, what, what would he say? He would say, say nothing of who's done this. And they never listened. But he always said, don't, don't, it's not time for me to be revealed and associated with these giftings. There was humility even in Jesus. He knew who he was. The Prince of Peace, Light of the World, Savior. He knew what he was there to do. But he... he even even him understood that it was not about his elevation, and it wasn't in, it was in timing that he was to be revealed. and I believe that if it were to be revealed sooner than the Lord had intended, if Jesus had begun to boast of who he was, right we're not here today right there, there's intent behind Jesus. it's important to see. Uh, and then the first gift that we discussed was the gift of the word of knowledge. This gift is given for the purpose uh, of communicating divine revelation. And more so, it's God giving knowledge and insight into a certain situation. Uh, This is when we see this uh, most often. Uh, Another name for this gift is supernatural insight. And that's really what it is. A word of knowledge is supernatural insight. It's it's gaining knowledge into a situation, to a circumstance that you could not have had without the Holy Spirit revealing it to you. Because I'm not a part of that circumstance. I'm not a member of that situation. I don't know anything about that. would be like somebody coming up to me and talking to me and articulating uh, about a conversation that I had with Kai today in the truck. Like, there's no way you can know that. There's no way that you can know what we talk about, what we discussed, or anything like that. So that's what it is. It's an in-depth, supernatural insight. And this is, of course, a precursor. Knowledge is a precursor to wisdom. Uh, Don Stewart, who he is uh, a theologian that works with Blue Letter Bible. He is someone that I use often uh, with Blue Letter Bible. If you want to do, and I encourage you to do this, do your own studies on the gifts of the Spirit. All I'm giving you is a starting point. That's really all it is. That's all we have time for is a starting point but for you to dive in in your own depth that the Lord could teach you these things. Don Stewart is a great resource. Very open-minded. He shows you and tells you about all aspects of belief and uh, thoughts and knowledge and different things when it comes to the giftings, and then he comes in and he tells you where he's at with it. It's really great. Uh, I agree with him uh, on a lot of things. Not everything, but I agree with him on on a lot of things that he talks about. It's just a lot of really good information. But he says God gives. Supernatural knowledge into a particular situation, and then he gives wisdom on how to apply that knowledge. What is wisdom but the application of knowledge? That's when it becomes wisdom. Somebody can sit there and tell you how to throw a football, but they're not wise in how to do it till you see them put it in their hand and execute the very thing that they told you how to do. I got to do this study or not study, but this presentation with the, the leadership group at New Home, the student body uh, leadership group. It was a bunch of seniors. And we were talking about preparedness and just understanding how you prepare, how you learn the different types of learning. I was perplexed. Uh, these were seniors and I was talking to them and no one had ever talked to them about the different types of learners. I'm like, you don't know the type of learner that you are. So I had to get down to like a third grade level and I did a third grade example. I had a rope and they had, to, they had to either read a list of instructions and do it together or they had to watch me do it and then regurgitate. Um, so there's, there's, a different, there's a difference between just being able to look at a list, read that list and, and say, yeah, I know what that's talking about, but then putting your hands to it. It's a whole nother game, isn't it? And that's when it becomes wisdom. Because once they did that, they put their hands to it, then they saw me do it. All of a sudden, now they have wisdom on how to do it. And every time, they'll, they'll be able to do it correctly, right? That's wisdom. It's the application of knowledge. And today, obviously, we're going to be talking about wisdom. We're going to be talking about the gift of wisdom. Uh, wisdom is the ability to use knowledge for the correct purpose. And that is crucial using knowledge for its correct and, I would say, intended purpose. The gift of wisdom stands first in a list of supernatural gifts. Uh, We'll read in 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. This is just uh, a listing of the spiritual gifts. We'll read this passage several times. Uh, Verse 8, For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. This is the only place that the gift of wisdom is listed, believe it or not. The only place that the gift of wisdom is listed, and it is listed first. It's listed in one place right here, 1 Corinthians 12, and it's listed as the first gift of the Spirit. Why he puts that in order, of, uh, or why he puts it in the order of being first, I think is really important for us to pay attention to. Uh, I think it is a clear indicator of significant importance. That is my opinion. Uh, and... What I also see and what I also recognize is that the gift of wisdom is absolutely necessary for any kind of leadership. As I I read this, this is the impression that I get and this is the understanding that I have. We live in a world today that lacks wisdom. Plain and simple. That's just the way it is. We have a lot of knowledge. We have more knowledge than we've ever had. Incredibly accessible. My little one-year-old daughter can get my phone, and she can get into it, unlock it, she doesn't have my face, she doesn't have my passcode, how she gets into it, I don't understand, I need to write a letter to Apple and be like, your security is just garbage, because my one-year-old has hacked it, but I saw her the other day, she was, she had gotten to the camera somehow, and she's, that's what she normally does, is takes 10,000 photos of her feet, um, but she had gotten to the camera and she had gotten to the panoramic mode and she started adjusting the zoom and started a panoramic photo. She's won. But she has knowledge already because, why does she have that knowledge? Not because anybody sat her down, because it's accessible, right? We live in a world with Endless amounts of accessibility to knowledge. But what we have missed, unfortunately, is the education on how to apply knowledge, that it would become wisdom. We have a lot of people that are incredibly smart and have a ton of knowledge on a lot of issues and a lot of different things, especially this, but no wisdom because it is not applied in any form or area of their life, unfortunately. Um... We can see the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Um, The word of knowledge, again, is supernatural insight of some truth, but the word of wisdom uses knowledge for its intended purpose, ensuring the furtherance of God's kingdom. And this is why it is necessary for leadership. And just a a side note here, if you are a son, if you are a daughter of God's, then you are meant to lead. You have been appointed, you have been anointed, and you have been set up to be a leader. No matter where you are, it doesn't matter if you are the lowest of the lows and your employment rung, whatever job you're at, you are meant to be a leader. You are anointed to be a leader. If you are a son, if you are a daughter of God, you are a leader, anointed and set apart. You are royalty. What royalty? What royalty? In a nation, what co-heirs to the throne in a nation is not meant to lead that nation. You are meant to lead God's people. You are meant to lead the world to Jesus. He is making his appeal in and through you. You are a leader, period. So, what does that mean? We all need wisdom. Every single one of us, there is no excuse to not have it. You are meant for wisdom, and you are meant to ask for wisdom. James 1.5 says... If any lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. But how many of us, I've sat with this question a lot uh, over the last two weeks, uh, even having prepared this lesson for last week, but still sitting with this question. But how many of us as Christians never ask for wisdom as we're meant to? He literally says, if you lack it, ask for it. It's not a, if you lack wisdom, you should just ask God for some. No, it's, if you lack it, you ask him. It's almost a commandment from James that if you lack wisdom, you need to be asking for wisdom. And the Lord will give it, but you need to ask. And what does the rest of that verse also talk about? It says, ask without a doubting mind. For that one should not expect to receive anything. But unfortunately, we don't ask for wisdom. And when we do ask for wisdom, we don't wait for wisdom. What do we do? We immediately turn to worldly wisdom, which is past experience. That is worldly wisdom. Worldly wisdom is this has happened before when this happens, so I'm going to do this so that this doesn't happen again. That's worldly wisdom. Worldly wisdom is always a reaction to a past circumstance. Right? Live and learn. That is worldly wisdom. Live and learn. If I kick this barefooted, it's going to hurt my toe. I did it once, not going to do it again. Worldly wisdom. That is not heavenly wisdom. But unfortunately, we pray for wisdom, and then we immediately check out and turn back to worldly wisdom, and then wonder why our situation is just as screwed up, if not more so screwed up, than it was when we began to ask. Because we don't wait for it. Wait for wisdom. Supernatural wisdom is profound. It won't make sense to the world, and it does not look like the world. If we would ask for wisdom, we need to also recognize this. He promises to release it to us. Luke 21, 15 says, For I will give you words and I will give you a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. That is a special wisdom. That is a heavenly wisdom. A wisdom that when it's spoken, it silences all those that would stand against it. This is the wisdom that we read about that cuts through bone and marrow to the heart through soul. That is heavenly wisdom. And it's necessary in sharing the gospel. You can't share the gospel with earthly wisdom and expect anything profound to happen, right? I, 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 we can get into some trouble here, and so I'm gonna be careful going into this, but we have modeled so much of our missions around worldly wisdom we did this that worked let's keep doing that but tell me what does kenya and the dominican and public dominican republic have in common other than poverty that's it different people different heritage different backgrounds different life experiences how can you expect to share the gospel with them the same way you share it with them over here it can't be the same model Heavenly wisdom. We can't have churches that all look the same because the church in sundown can't look like the church on the rock in in Lubbock, Texas because we're in different places. But what do we end up seeing? We end up seeing comparison. We end up seeing, okay, I've seen what this does. If he does this, so I'm going to try to do this and implement this here. We adopt worldly wisdom into the church and now we have a church on every street corner and they all look the same. Everyone's the same doesn't matter which one you go to because it's all the same. You're going to have dark lights, a fog machine. They're going to start singing some songs that get you happy. And then right before they preach, they're going to sing a song that really just ugh, gets you in your emotion. The lead singer is probably going to choke back some tears. Ten services in a row. And then the pastor is going to get up and preach. 30 seconds. Get off. You're out. We've got this model. and I'm not trying to dog the church. I'm, I'm trying to. Dog the church. I'm just saying, this is is unfortunately what we see. We see the uh, adaptation of what exists in the world brought into the church. That is not earth. that is not heavenly wisdom. Heavenly wisdom is brand new and unique every time it's displayed. Every single time. That's why it was so fun to watch Randy counsel. Because every single time, there was absolute divine revelation and wisdom that set up the ministry of deliverance. But every single time, there was a unique use of wisdom with that person in his office. Every single time. It was different for every one of them. That is heavenly wisdom. Another quote from Don Stewart says, the gifts of the word of wisdom transcends any human genius or insight. It is a supernatural gift of God that only the Holy Spirit can impart. And we see this modeled in the example of Jesus. Uh, We see this uh, throughout his time of ministry with the Pharisees just absolutely perplexed, not able to define, not able to understand, not able to contain it, and just totally perplexed. Um, And in those who also walked with him, we see this made manifest. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 20 says, where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debtor at, of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the, world, er, in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. than men. God's wisdom is not the world's wisdom. It allows us to build up the church in the body of Christ, even though it does not make sense. Look at this room. Look at the advancements that we're making. There is not a logical business owner in the world right now that would say what we're doing makes any sense. Spending money on a sanctuary where there's not that many people in it. Like, but that doesn't matter. This is what the Lord has told us to do to get ready, to invest, to build up. A lot of people would say it was was foolish to do the front face renovation. Why would you do that? It's just a church building. Why would you make it look nicer? It's a foolish investment. You could do a lot more with that money, pay staff for a couple more years. But we know better, right? We know better. We answer to the wisdom of the Lord. We answer to His leaning. It does not always make sense to men. When I got called out here, I had a, I had a job lined up in Seattle working with a professional team out there and making good enough money for a, for a college student that has been broke most of his life. I was going to do all right. It did not make a lot of sense to most of my friends to leave all of that, to come to a town they would never heard of that has less people than my graduating class in high school had to be a youth pastor. That didn't make any sense. And I'll be totally honest, it didn't make sense to me either. Still doesn't make sense why the Lord would call me. I don't get it, and I'm not going to question him, because I'm just grateful he did. Right? It doesn't make sense to men. It doesn't make sense to the world. But the wisdom that comes from God, it allows us to build up the church and the body of Christ and to lead the body of Christ into that which is fruitful and to that which we are meant for. The wisdom that comes from God allows us to lead people into the places they're meant to be. Without that wisdom, you cannot lead them there. We see it in Acts six. Uh, verse 3, therefore, brothers, pick out among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. Because the apostles, right there, little context, overwhelmed with the church. You got to think they preached one sermon after receiving this, minutes after receiving the Holy Spirit, and they had thousands of members now. Just like that, they had a megachurch. And then we read throughout Acts 2, 42 through 47. Right there at the end, what does it say? And they had favor with all of those in the community, in that city, the city of Jerusalem. Favor with an entire city. People running to them and selling their belongings and just coming and bringing the funds, saying, distribute this as you need to, because the Holy Spirit was just taken over. And they had no idea how to handle all of this. They recognized in spiritual wisdom, we need somebody else to do this. What would earthly wisdom say? Oh, we got this. We should probably take some for ourselves because we were with Jesus. And we've started this. We need to take some back for ourselves. Make sure we're set up so that we can continue to help others. Right? That sounds, that's, that sounds like some places that I've been to on Sundays. I gotta take mine so that I can help you, right? But they didn't didn't do that. They had heavenly wisdom and they recognized that they needed people and they they allowed the Lord to lead them to who these people were. Again, a gift of wisdom made manifest. And this gift of wisdom that comes from the Lord, a, a, a profound point, the gift of knowledge, The gift of the word of knowledge allows you insight into a member of the body of Christ, into a person that you could not have that insight without the Holy Spirit. But wisdom finishes the journey. The gift of wisdom not only allows you insight to invest in them, to speak to them, that they would have the attention, uh, they they would have the Lord's attention, they would understand that the Lord is moving and working in their life, but now the gift of wisdom allows you to lead them to the place they're meant to be, to place them in their anointed place, in their destiny and in their purpose. That is all possible with the gift of wisdom. It is allowing for the placing of God's people in positions of anointing, a calling into destiny. Wisdom is to be one of the identifying markers of the believer. This wisdom is not flashy, but it always produces fruit. In James 3.13, it says, who is wise among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. It is not flashy. It is never meant to be flashy. But it is steady as the sunrise, and it is always leading and always producing fruit. James 3, uh, 13. This is a great passage. Wisdom from above is what it's titled in in my Bible. But James A harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Um, this scripture is profound for me because, uh, for a long time, I was I was not open to reason. I, basic, I was not open to anybody else's opinion. I was right, you were wrong. Period. Right. Uh, Sarah and I used to get. We used to go round and round. Surely not. Surely but she's not from here, all right? She's a foreigner. No, she is an American now, I love it. Uh, but she has, a, she has a world perspective because she has been a member of the world, not a member of a singular country her entire life. I have an American perspective because I've been an American my entire life and this is the country I had the most experience with. Sarah's country was the ocean. She lived on a ship. She didn't have a country. But what that did was provide her a really unique and interesting perspective that oftentimes challenged the way I thought that I can see now was wrong and just rooted in pride and arrogance because of America. And that was just, just stupid. But I was not open to reason and, there, and therefore I was missing out on wisdom spiritual wisdom to see that the way they do it, it's the way they do it. That, it's not bad. It's just not the way we do it. It's just the way they do it. And it works for them. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. And there's good in that. Randy had to sh- teach me that. When I would be criticized by people who didn't know me, they would just immediately start attacking me for youth ministry and different things. He's, why, why are you shooting them down? Why aren't you listening? like, Randy, they're hurtful. They're not speaking from the Lord. He's like, that doesn't mean that they won't say something truthful. And what he was trying to say is, keep your ear open to everyone. Even the ones that are only against you and only spewing vile, the Lord may highlight something within it because God is good. I don't need man to be good for God to be good, right? That's exactly right. But if you're not open to reason, he ain't gonna have the Holy Spirit. You've shut the door on him, right? That is the reason we don't have him in, in, in a lot of the church in the Western world. It's because we are not open to reason. It's this way, period. And I'm not talking to you about anything else. This is the way we do it, right? That's not open to reason. And when we do that, we suffocate the body of Christ. Because if I'm not open to reason, I'm not open to growth. And what happens with growth? What is a natural part of growth? Change. And we have to allow ourselves to change. I can't be the same as I was when I was five. It's not functional. It's not healthy. Why would we think anything else would be healthy for being stagnant? But if we are not open to reason, as the gift of wisdom says is a necessity and is a indicator of spiritual wisdom, then we have closed off the Holy Spirit in its entirety, right? It's important for us to do that. And I've, I've had to do that. I've had to learn that lesson myself. Wisdom from the Father is to be a banner by which we are seen and the world knows who we belong to because of the wisdom that is made manifest. We need, we desperately need Christians to begin to operate in spiritual wisdom, not earthly wisdom. Spiritual wisdom doesn't give a fart, pardon my language, I have toddlers, it, it does not care. It does not care about a political affiliation, does it? Spiritual wisdom does not care. America wasn't here when God breathed life into this earth and it, there's no guarantee it's going to be here when he takes us all out. It does not care. But right now, what do we have? We have so many Christians picking sides. That's not spiritual wisdom. That's earthly wisdom. Earthly wisdom says you you better get a team. Find a team. Get rooted in a group of people that are like-minded. I don't want to be surrounded by like-minded people all the time. It's nice, but you don't grow when you're surrounded by people that only think the way you think. Right? You can't grow. You will not grow. But we are meant to be seen by the wisdom that we put on display. The world is to know who we belong to because of one of the main things, the wisdom that is displayed through us. We saw in our study of the word of knowledge that this gift operates in love. The word of knowledge, it operates in love, humility, and discernment. Love, knowing that what the Lord has just privileged me to know is deep and intimate. It's spiritual insight that is not talked about for a reason. Somebody, they didn't share these details for a reason, but the Lord shared it with me. I need, to, I need to have love as I approach this, and I need to have humility as I approach this, recognizing that the Lord has chosen me as a vessel for this person. It is not my doing, it's his and his alone. But also discernment, because in the gift of the word of knowledge, there's no guarantee that you're to open your mouth ever. Just receive. Step into a place of intercession. A gift of the word of knowledge does not mean you're to speak it. You have to have discernment to know when and when not to speak. And in Matthew 10, verse 16, it says, Behold, for it is not for it is not you who speak but the spirit of your father speaking through you this cannot happen in the midst of these kinds of situations if we do not trust him and these are the indicators just as the word of knowledge we have love humility and discernment within the gift of the word of wisdom three things that need to exist for this to be operated in correctly are humility and discernment just like the gift of the word of knowledge but the main thing is trust the main thing is trust that when i pray for wisdom i trust that he will release wisdom when wisdom is needed to be released right and in these moments of persecution if i have if i do not have trust what am i going to start doing I'm going to start talking. I'm going to get myself into, into trouble. Without relationship, none of this will ever be manifested in your own story. You cannot operate in the giftings of the Spirit if you do not have a relationship with the Spirit. A deep and personal and intimate relationship. So like last week, we see that relationship is crucial. Relationship with the Spirit of God. It will leave the world speechless and perplexed, the gift of wisdom. But first there must be relationship. Acts 4.13 says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were uneducated and ordinary men, they were amazed and recognized them as companions of Jesus, wisdom, wisdom, Clearly seen. They had literally just healed a man who has been lame at the gates of the temple forever. And now he's dancing and rejoicing and they bring him into this Pharisee Pharisee court to, to question him. And they have no response after Peter is done speaking because of the gift of wisdom that was clearly seen. And immediately they recognized that Jesus is in them. Immediately they knew who they belonged to because of how they spoke and what they spoke. They immediately had nothing to say. They had to let them go because they had nothing to say against them. They couldn't bring anything against them. They were left speechless and perplexed by what Peter had said, the wisdom of the Lord that was made manifest in that moment. They knew who they belonged to and they had nothing to say in response. They could not bring any argument against it. And hear this as well, men... This this is crucial. Men do not like to not understand. Mankind does not like to lack understanding. We're not good with it. We do not do well with it. So spiritual wisdom can cause and oftentimes will cause offense. It will make people who are not walking with the Spirit, even people who have the Spirit but have checked out for a moment, and stepped into the flesh, it will cause in, in, uh, a lot of offense, which can oftentimes lead to violence. What do we do with things that we don't understand and we're angry that we can't understand it? We destroy it. That's what we do. We've done it all of history. This is what we do. Uh, and look at Stephen. The Apostle Stephen, what did he do? He just spoke of their sin and the things that they were doing and called them to repent. And he spoke with such wisdom that they didn't have anything to say against him. They knew that he was right. So, what did they do? In rage, they stoned him to death because he spoke the truth to them in love and in kindness. But he spoke the truth, and so they killed him because they could not say anything to, to the wisdom that they had seen displayed. They didn't understand it, and they don't like what they don't understand. And this, again, is why a relationship with the Father is so important, especially when it comes to this gifting, because without that, there will be no trust. And if there is no trust, you will not step into the places that you need to step into, even though they could cost you your life. But you've got to speak what you are called to speak. John the Baptist did this. He stepped in. He knew that he was was to speak to Herod. He knew that he was to call him out, that you're not to take your brother's wife. This is not right. And he was imprisoned, and then eventually the fear of man took over Herod, and he ended up killing him. But without trust, wisdom will not be seen. And if there is no wisdom, there is no leadership. If there is no leadership, there is only a stagnant body destined to failure. There has to be wisdom and there has to be relationship. Cannot have wisdom without Jesus in the picture. Um, There are some uh, Christians, unfortunately, who teach that the gift of the word of wisdom is no longer available. Uh, They believe that the gift was one of the foundational gifts that God gave to the church, that it was a characteristic of those who were apostles and prophets. And that the gift is understood as, a, as involving and receiving and understanding direct revelation from God and then presenting it to the people. But since God no longer is giving direct revelation to his people, there is no longer a need for this gift, so it's no longer available. They believe that. Okay? Um, how, how, can, how can we come to this? How can we come to understanding? How can brothers and sisters in Christ come to this understanding? Well, because this is, this is the belief that has been modeled. This is the believer that has been modeled. Uh, we ask for no wisdom. We pursue knowledge, but never engaging in relationship. And it looks like this summary. It looks like people that don't receive any new revelation from the Lord. Right? We have a lot of people, it's Father, Son, and Holy Word. Right? That's all they study. That's all they study. then he'll be okay with this. I'm sure he'll listen to this. Dad, I'm not throwing you into the bus. But he, we used to go round and round about the gift of healing. He's like, that doesn't exist anymore. Like, well, why not? Because the Lord doesn't need to do it anymore. Why not? Well, He doesn't speak to us like He, like he spoke in Acts what the heck are you talking about? Where is that? Anywhere. But that's what we arrived at because that's what was modeled. He was not seeing people that were hearing the Lord speaking and then operating in that revelation and obedience. That wasn't what was modeled. It was you have a relationship with the Father, you love Jesus because He saved you, and then you study this word because everything and every key to life is within it. No. Everything The key to life and understanding is within the one who wrote it, who is still speaking. This is an amazing book. I'm not taking anything away from it. Everything we need to know, there's so much revelation of identity and who you are, who you're meant to be, and the life that you can have. But that's just it. Who you are, who you're meant to be, and the life that you can have. But now you need what comes next. You need the Holy Spirit who wrote it to lead you into that life that you're meant for, right? But it's not modeled. We do not see Christians ask for wisdom and then wait for the Lord to re- to bring about wisdom. We pursue knowledge but we never apply it. It's just knowledge. We have theological seminaries for pastors that is just an opportunity for you to come and accumulate knowledge and somehow that now makes you worthy to lead a church. Because you, and that, unfortunately, that's what we view pastors as. They know more about God than I do. They're the pastor. That's just not true. I know God in my life. And I've experienced him in ways that you haven't. And you've experienced him in ways that I haven't. Plain and simple. But when we get together, now I have a full picture. When you know the ways I've experienced him and I know the ways you've experienced, I I know the full nature of God. But it's unfortunately not what's modeled. But we know the truth. The gift of the word of wisdom, and this is uh, from Don Stewart, the gift of the word of wisdom is the application of knowledge. While all Christians are commanded to ask God for wisdom, there is a special gift of wisdom that God gives to certain of his people. Not all of us are given That is not just our gifting, but the Lord will always give wisdom. But there are moments where the gift of the word of wisdom is specifically given to those that are meant to operate in it. And we saw that with Randy Winfrey. That was one of those people that that was his gifting, that the Spirit made manifest in him the most often, right? Um, The Bible says that wisdom can be exercised uh, through, this is just where we see it uh, the most often. Uh, The gift of the word of wisdom uh, made manifest through persecution, defending the faith, problem solving, dealing with unbelievers, everyday living, interpreting God's truth, and imparting God's truth. Every single one of those, you're going to at least encounter one of them a day. You need wisdom. All wisdom is found in Jesus. He is the one who exercised wisdom in the supreme way. And we are always to follow his example, right? Jesus, Jesus had it. Jesus had this gifting. He made it manifest. Why would he manifest this gifting if it wasn't for us to have access to, right? This is the gift of wisdom. It is a profound gift. It is, it is an amazing gift. And it is a gift that everyone that calls on the name of Jesus as Lord and Savior is to have to some degree that it, it would be an indicator of who you belong to. But before you can access it, before the Lord can release it, that in a moment where it is required because persecution is not an easy moment. Defending the faith, not an easy moment. Problem solving, not an easy moment. Dealing with unbelievers, not an easy moment. Everyday living, some days are easy. Some days are really, really hard. Uh, Interpreting God's truth, not always easy. Imparting God's truth, really not easy. There are all these instances we need wisdom every single one of them, we need wisdom. But if we do not have relationship to trust Him in these difficult moments, and that's what we see. That's so unfortunately what we see. We, we are all about wisdom when things are easy. But the second things get difficult, what does what our response become? Where's the Lord? Not Lord, okay, I'm in this. I need wisdom on how to, how to navigate this. And then, and then stop and wait for a second. To trust that he's not led you this far to abandon you now. To stay rooted in that. To stay rooted. Stephen, what did he do? What is, he, what is Stephen known for in his death? In the moment of his death, what is, what is like the hallmark of Stephen? What did he do as he's getting stoned to death? He looked to heaven and he saw the Lord, and he smiled. He had joy on his face. You you want to talk about a confusing feeling. You're killing somebody, and he's smiling, looking to heaven. He trusted the Lord to such an extent that his joy would not be stolen even in the moment that people that he was trying to help were killing him. He trusted the Lord to such an extent that if this is where his life was to end, he was going to be joyful in it. That's the level of trust that is missing today. That if my time is now, awesome. Complete and total trust. And that is what will unlock supernatural and profoundly, uh, just profound heavenly wisdom. Uh, it is a supernatural, profound, amazing gifting. Uh, the gift of the word of knowledge is oftentimes seen, uh, uh, they're, they're often seen together uh, because once you have this, there's, there's the wisdom necessary on, on what to do with it, right? And wisdom, again, it's always, wisdom is always the application of knowledge. The gift of the word of wisdom will always be how to apply knowledge that you have right or knowledge that you've received. Uh we have this all the time as a staff. We find out things, we find out situations, we find out things coming up and we have to stop and we have to okay, where's the wisdom in this? What's the wis- what's the what's what are we to do now that we have this knowledge? What are we to do? Not re- not react. What is our response? right? That's a place of wisdom. Uh, I'm grateful for that. We, have, we, we get to see that in a lot of people here at this church, a lot of people that work for this church, Melissa and Sarah. Uh, Debbie Diaz, this morning, uh, this whole breakfast thing, that revelation, that was all from them. Okay, we have this, see you at the pole. Lord, what can we do here? We can, we can feed them. We can do this. Hey, let's do this. And we did it, and we had 88 kids in this building. 88 kids. That's a lot for sundown, Texas. It's pretty stinking awesome. Uh, So uh, it's necessary for leadership. And all of you that claim that uh, to be saved by Jesus are anointed for leadership. You're made to be leaders. So you need wisdom. Ask and trust that he'll give it when you need it in the moment that you need it. But relationship, again, is crucial. And in our last series that we did last year on Wednesday nights, On on prayer and faith, all of those things came down to that one word again relationship. If we do not have relationship, there is no point in you sitting in this room. You're just getting knowledge that will be useless to you. Just useless. Don't even waste your time filling your head with it because it'll just be nonsense until there's relationship. dot com.